Well, welcome back to our series on the words, ways and works of Jesus. I'm Simon, I'm one of the pastors here at New Beginnings and I just want to share what is our 24th week at looking at Mark's Gospel. And it's my privilege to be here to present this message today. As we delve into Mark chapter 9, looking at verses 14 through to 29. And we're going to specifically look at possibilities today. Actually taking that moment and, and understanding that we have possibilities and that God draws us to step up and take upon ourselves some possibilities in our lives. As we've been exploring through uh, Mark's Gospel, we've been looking at how, uh, specifically through the verse, first eight chapters and through into chapter nine, how the disciples had begin, begun to recognise who Jesus was, to actually understand that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, uh, he was the Chosen One. We found out last week that God proclaims that Jesus is his beloved Son, in the transfiguration, it's so important for us to actually understand the Messiah, the one who comes to save the people, is God's son. And God loves Jesus so much. And we understand that as the disciples had started to notice and understand that Jesus is the Messiah, all of Jesus' ministry and teaching changes and, and takes us to a, a different place and a different location. He's, he's actually working himself towards Jerusalem to come to that point of Easter and all that happens at Easter. And so this reading follows on from the Transfiguration, the reading that we explored last week. Jesus had taken some disciples up, excuse me, taken the, some disciples up with him to the mountain. And there he was transfigured and, and his clothes were dazzling white And the disciples have had this mountaintop experience with Jesus and recognising that Jesus is the Son of God. And then as they're coming down, they meet the rest of the disciples. And there's this crowd forming around the disciples there. And they're, they're kind of arguing and talking because a father had brought his young boy to be healed by his disciples, by Jesus, but disciples. And they weren't able to do it. See, this is something that the disciples had been able to do previously. See, this is, we need to understand this. They'd gone out and preaching and healing in Jesus' name. They'd been sent out to do this. So why wasn't it happening today? It's important for actually understand that... N- Sometimes what we want isn't always going to be what happens. Have you noticed that in life, that sometimes that the things that we want to see happen don't happen? That, you know, we get to the point of going, I, I just, you know, why isn't it that all my plans, everything that I've put in place, all the things that I've trained to do, it's just not working for me. There are immense possibilities, but sometimes we just don't fulfil it. So today as we look into this passage, I want us to actually explore specifically around the father that brought this son to Jesus for healing. 
And I want us to learn how we can lean into Jesus, his words, his ways and his works. So I just want to share with you again uh, just this passage that I, that I want you to focus upon. And, and I'm, if you haven't got your Bibles out or haven't got your Bible app um, up and running, I encourage you to do this because I'm going to share a few scriptures with you today, a few passages from the Bible, just so that we actually understand that I'm not picking this out of uh, thin air, that, but it's actually uh, biblically based on what I'm going to say to you today. So Mark chapter 9, verse 20 through to 24. And let me just read it to you again. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, so it may be different to what you've got in front of you, but just bear with me. So this is, this is the disciples have come back and they've seen this crowd and this happened. So they brought the boy, but the evil spirit saw Jesus, threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throwed, throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. And I love how Jesus goes, what do you mean if I can? I, I, you know, we often read the the Bible with neutral voice. We often read it so that we don't have that intonation of, you know, passion or anger or things like this. I think Jesus at this point didn't go, what do you mean if I can? You know, Jesus asked. Anything is possible. I think Jesus went, what do you mean if I can? Notice that just a moment ago, he's just been said that he is God's son. Just remember a moment ago, the disciples had recognised him as the one who could save the Messiah. What do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. That is a massive, bold statement. Anything is possible if a person believes. Then the father cries out instantly. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Notice, I love, I love how he says, I believe, but I still have unbelief and help me overcome that. So there are three points that I want to share with you today. The first is that faith and belief, we kind of intertwine them together, so I'm going to use them Together, it's belief in Jesus Christ. It's faith that God is going to be there for us. Belief in Jesus Christ is vital. See, there's power, Jesus said, there's power in belief, in faith. Check it out. And this is where I'm going to share a few verses with us. The first is coming from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And it says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourself, it is a gift of God. So salvation comes through God, but there is an element that through faith you accept it. And that salvation becomes real to you. Or John 3.16, something that gets used so often in the church, but it's so important because it frames it for us so well. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that is Jesus Christ, that whoever, what, whoever believes 
in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There is power in the belief. Believing in who? It's believing in Jesus Christ. And that belief will give you the salvation that you have. That will give you the eternal life that God can only give you. Or if we jump into Luke 17, verse 19. And and then he said to him, rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. This is talking to somebody about healing. And it's, it's about your faith has made you well. Faith and belief has immense power. And we've got to actually understand that for ourselves because the possibilities of what we can do as people if we actually have faith in Jesus, if we have faith in God, then we will be, you know, it is boundless. God wants us to have life in abundance and life to the full. And he wants us to step in and do so much more. See, but there's also the opposite is true. If you actually have unbelief, if you don't have faith, then you actually remove power from the equation. You remove that space in there. So notice what it says in Mark chapter 9, later on in the passage that we're looking at today, verse 19, it says, Jesus said to them, you faithless people. Notice that, you faithless people, you people who don't believe, who have not seen, do not understand that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. If we actually look across the Gospels, that's the accounts of Jesus' ministry that we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We actually find that three times Jesus actually tells specifically people that their faith has been a part of their healing, that there is power and healing in our faith. You know, in Luke 17, when Jesus heals the lepers, he says, your faith has healed you. And the woman that has the issue with the, the blood in Matthew 9, have a look. It says, your faith has healed you. And in the blind man, which we will look in a couple of weeks' time, in, in, in Mark chapter 10, he says, what? Your faith has healed you. It is so important to actually understand that faith in Jesus Christ is vital, is central, is essential to being a Christian, as being a believer, being one who follows Jesus Christ, being a disciple. But let me say this. While faith is essential, we often have struggles with it. Now, that's what the Father said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. It's so important because we, we do have struggles. We have struggles about where God might be leading us. We have struggles when things come up and, and, and life throws a curveball at us and we, we want to know where to go or what's happening or we've put plans in place. We struggle because they don't fill in. I want to say this to you. One of the things is that we actually place our own limitations on ourselves. We place our own limitations on ourselves. So the issue here, you know, when the Father said to Jesus, if you are able, the issue is not, is God able to do this? That's not the issue. The issue is, are we willing to let God do it for us? So the question is, will God do this for me? Becomes so important for us in this. See, religious people all over the world will say, God is able to do all sorts of things, amazing things, miracles, do all of these things. But they often don't believe that God can do it for them. Because 
they either feel that they're sinful, they feel that they're not worthy, they feel what they've done is, is not right, you know. We, 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 we have a sense of unworthiness, of fear of failure, of a negative attitude towards uh, what, what is in our own life, that we actually place limitations on God because we have unbelief. At the same time, we have belief. This happens in all of our lives. It happens in my life. You know, I, I have times, and let me say this, I have times when I don't believe I'm worthy. I have times when I believe that what I've done in my life, how could God forgive me for that? But let me say this right now. God forgives you, forgives everything that you have done, wipes it away because you are worthy. You are worthy of God's love. You are worthy of God's grace. You are worthy of God's power in your life. See, I find the thing is that I often will get disconnected with God's vision in my life, God's plans in my life, because I want to place my plans, my vision of where I want to go in front of God's. And so that creates this disconnect in our lives because we say, I want to be here, but God's drawing me here, but I keep on pushing to this. And we wonder why there's not power in our life. We wonder why things aren't working because we keep on trying to guide ourselves away from God. Notice the statement that the father said, I believe. It is so true for so many Christians, I believe. But what we should be asking and praying is, Help us in our unbelief. Help us in the things that draw us away from you. Help us in the things that cloud our judgment. Help us in the things that when we place our plans instead of your plans in our lives. That's our unbelief. See, it's a prayer that we should be saying day in, day out. And if you, if you, if you woke up this morning and you have a prayer time, was one of those prayers to say, I believe in you, God. Help me today in my unbelief. How many prayed that? I'd hazard a guess almost nobody. Because we often are praying for, for what's happening in our life. We're often praying for um, you know, healing on somebody or, or we're praying for what's going to be happening in our day. But I think what we should be doing to start is, God, help me in my unbelief today. Help me to place you front and centre. Help me to see you working in my life and come alongside that. Lord, help me in my unbelief so your plans may flow through me and become real and so powerful in this. God, you will lead us and guide us and draw us. See, the Father cries out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I think that's so important for us to actually understand. This prayer changes lives. This prayer opens possibilities, endless possibilities. It's to seek God's plans in your lives. See, the thing is, and here's the third point, anything, anything is possible for those who believe in Jesus Christ. Let me share from Hebrews 11. Verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he is rewarded 
rewards those who sincerely seek him. We are rewarded when we seek, when we believe in Jesus Christ. God rewards our faith in him. And you see that in the healings that Jesus does. We see it in this space. And I love how the disciples, in this this passage that we've been looking at today, I love how the disciples, after all the crowds have gone away, after they've come back and they're they're sitting, sitting in a home, with Jesus and they're just discussing what's been happening. So, and let me say, they've got a lot to discuss. The other disciples are telling them about the, what's happened up on the mountain. Um, the other disciples are you know, saying, this is what we're seeing and it was so great and Elijah and Moses were there and God, God came down and had spoken to that moment and we just didn't know what was going on. And, and, and they're just discussing all of this and they also discuss why they couldn't perform this healing. They're discussing that as well. And they're questioning why, why isn't it that we could actually perform this healing? And I love, I love how Mark phrases it because it's so, so important. Mark says that this kind of evil, this kind of can only be cast out by prayer, and some manuscripts will actually say, and fasting, which is prayer and fasting is all about seeking God's will in your life, seeking God in this moment, and actually asking God to intervene in that space. There is power in prayer and fasting. There is power in seeking will, the will of God in this space. This is not the only, the only, only gospel, Mark is not the only gospel that has the account of this, this healing and this encounter and this explanation. Matthew phrases it just slightly differently. And it's one, one of those favourite passages. It's, it comes from Matthew 17, verse 20. And let me share it with you. This is the response that Jesus gave to the disciples as they're asking why couldn't they do the healing Why wasn't it? Why couldn't they do it like they did before? Keep in mind that Jesus is saying in in Mark, because you need to pray this, not just name it, but pray it and live it and fast it. And he says this in Matthew. And it's really important for us to actually understand the different books of the Bible, the different gospel accounts are told from the same thing from slightly different perspectives and they're being written to slightly different people. And so one person, it doesn't mean that there's mistakes, it just means that people are remembering different things and telling people the important things in those spaces for them to hear. And Matthew says to his people he's writing to, this is the reason, if you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. See, there is immense, huge possibilities for those who have faith. The possibilities open up for us. So I just want to take this moment just to pray with you. Just to pray and ask God to overcome our unbelief. And I want to actually... Pray as well. If if you want to make a decision to believe in Jesus Christ right now, 
to follow Him, I just want you to pray this prayer with me in this, in this space. So let's just pray together. Let's just pray this prayer, asking Jesus to come, take over our unbelief, but also pray this prayer that we may come to know you, Lord, as our Saviour. So let's just pray. Oh dear Jesus, you have promised. You have promised that if I believe in you, everything that I've ever done, all the wrongs that I've done, they will be forgiven. Oh Lord, I will learn the purposes of my life through you. I will accept you into my life. Lord, may you accept me into your eternal home in heaven one day. Oh Lord, I confess my sins. I confess the things that I have done wrong against you. And Lord, I believe that you are my God. You are my Saviour. Oh Lord, help us in this moment to overcome the, that unbelief that we have. Oh Lord, spark up that kernel of faith in our lives that it may grow, that it may become like a big, huge tree. But as Lord, you said, even if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, the possibilities are endless. Oh Lord, I ask that you come into my life and I receive you, Lord. I turn over all, every part of my life to you, to your management, to your will. May you guide me. May you lead me. May you make the path straight in my lives. Oh Lord, you have the right to call the shots in my life. Oh Lord, I just want to come close to you today to know your love, to know your grace, to know your will. Lord, I know I haven't earned it or deserve it or work for it, but Lord, I know that you give it to me freely. I humbly commit 